the Magnificat, we know it as Mary's excited words of praise to God, having visited her, her relative Elizabeth. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of his, the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Let's pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts this morning be acceptable and pleasing in your sight and draw us closer to you with great joy at this time of year. In Jesus' name, amen. So my dear friends, here we are, right on the verge of Christmas Eve, so close, and yet still in the season of Advent, today being the last day of the season of Advent. We have all four Advent candles lit, and as I said to the children, the color is still blue or purple, uh, the Advent color before the gold and white of Christmas, which will no doubt be on display this evening. And these last weeks, these last four weeks have been a journey, a journey of anticipation, of waiting, of, of heading towards Christmas, and, and waiting for the fulfillment of those beautiful things, hope, love, joy and peace, those four themes of Advent. I never know what order they come in, but hope, love, joy and peace. The gifts that God gave that first Christmas in such a miraculous, and if we're honest and open our eyes, a world-changing way. We are so close to Christmas Eve, hours away, that our readings this morning already uh, are about the events that happened just before the birth of Jesus the Saviour. What were they again? The young Virgin Mary from Nazareth receives a very puzzling message from an angel, Gabriel. They have a conversation. It's a conversation that not only leaves her puzzled and uh, in, 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 in awe, but so full of joy and excitement that she has to tell somebody else. She has to. It's a, a burden of joy on her heart. So before too long, she goes to her cousin Elizabeth. Elizabeth is also expecting a baby. And the women share their respective news with babies well and truly on the way. And finally this morning in our gospel reading, we leave Mary singing. Singing a song of gratitude and praise for all that God was doing through her. And though in Luke we, it says she spoke these words, I think we can safely assume that she uh, made up a little Aramaic chant to go with these words, and it certainly has become musical in the history of the church. So we refer to it affectionately as Mary's song. Mary's song. Singing. Martin Luther, roughly 500 years ago, wrote, as long as we live, there is never enough singing. And he should know their house is full of singing guitars and voices and lots of singing in the Luther household. What causes a person to sing? In my experience, personal, but also the observation I have through life thus far, I'd say it's a response to some 
deep feeling of joy, of elation, happiness. To be sure, we have a variety of genres of music that are devoted to expressing sadness. And I think of the best example being the blues. The blues do that very well. You're sad, you sing the blues. It gives voice to your sadness. But I think singing, especially spontaneous singing, is most often a sign that the person is experiencing joy, bliss. I think of children singing in the playground. I think of little children. Uh, I work in a school when, I, when I've worked in the prep to 12, the younger ones, uh, when they sing in chapel. And I know that Pastor David would know this joy, how uplifting it is for we pastors when the little children sing their hearts out in chapel. I have a memory of when I was about three years old, living in the western highlands of Papua New Guinea, in our backyard, no fences from what I recall. My mum over there was hanging clothes up on the line, blue sky everywhere, 360 degrees of highland mountains around, and I was on the swing. You know, when you take a swing as high as you can go and you almost go into zero gravity, it starts to wobble a bit. But I was singing my heart out, and I was singing joy to the world. It felt like I was in heaven. Everything was just bliss for me. I still remember that wonderful elation. My own children used to sing around the house when they were happy, and even as teenagers, and even now when they come home and, and visit us, they sing sometimes when they're happy or feel secure or at ease. My previous workplace was a, a, a school in southeast Queensland. I used to coach a girls' soccer team up there. And I remember whenever we played away and whenever the girls won their match, which was often because they were a pretty good team, on the bus, on the way back, they'd be in the back singing away, singing the jubilation of their victory. And I guess that if there were boys as well on that bus, they probably wouldn't have. They would have been a bit more sort of shy. But it was beautiful to hear them just singing away happily because they'd won. In the solidarity and safety of sisterhood, they could be themselves and sing joyfully about their victory. I still sing when I'm happy. But in recent weeks, I've been outsung by someone in my household, my wife Wendy, as she's been putting decorations up, setting up the Christmas tree. I can hear her singing along to the Christmas carols being played. Happy as Larry. And of course, in some cultures, people sing by way of welcoming you into their community. And I've been blessed uh, by this kind of welcome a number of times through my travels in East Africa, rural communities. The women particularly will come out singing and welcoming you with joy. And I know that Papua New Guinea and other Pacific Islands and anywhere really where singing is central to, to culture and life, this is probably similar sort of welcomes. Back to Mary. Maybe there was elements of these in Mary's song. But this teenager from Nazareth, certainly no older than the girls on the soccer team that I coached a few years ago in Queensland, had received the best news anyone could ever, ever hear. So she's happy. That's why she's singing. Why is she happy? The great honor bestowed upon her is summed up in a couple of sentences from our gospel reading. Where the angel Gabriel announces to Mary, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Baby, little baby, Son of God. In the same sentences, both and, mind-blowing, a reason, if ever, to sing at Christmas. Joy to the world indeed. 
as God embarks on his most important mission in his relationship with human beings. The one who spoke into being at the dawn of time, whenever that was, orchestrating a cosmic scale pyrotechnic event which eventually has settled into the universe as we know it or as we are trying to know it. A universe full of galaxies, different types. One type, a spiral galaxy. In one particular spiral galaxy, a spiral arm known as the Orion Spur. And in that Orion Spur, a very special star. And the third planet away from that star is an extra special planet. Very rare planet. It sustains complex, biological, multicellular, sexually reproducing life in a great variety. But at the pinnacle of this life on Earth, we find the species Homo sapiens. We humans are capable of huge things, amazing things. Minute by minute, we are increasing in our knowledge and our ability to do great things, benevolent things even, good things. But clearly... As we see in our world, both near and far, as we hear on the news, as we confess of ourselves this morning, we are unable to break free from malevolence. Christmas, however, is God's act of healing this world, or more accurately, of saving it, as the name Jesus means, he shall save. Christmas shows both the power and the love of God working together. The one who flung stars into space cares enough to join us Not as some tyrant, not as something too terrifying to look at, but as a fragile, vulnerable baby. From heaven you came, helpless babe. Entered our world, your glory veiled. And so the big, the mighty, willingly becomes the small, the feeble. Power is manifest in weakness. Amazing love. We who rely on God every day for everything including that breath, I don't often stop to think about it, discover in him a God who became dependent on a teenage mother. And that mother, as the baby grew inside her, sang of that best gift divine, praising God for what? Let's remind ourselves, for being mindful of the lowly, for his mercy, for turning things right upside down, turning them on their head in this world, bringing the proud low and lifting the humble and those downtrodden high, for restoring things to the way they should be in God's eyes, in God's plan, so that not even the least goes without mercy, not even the least goes without good things that God plans in creation. And even when he is eventually born, the gift of Jesus himself comes in an unexpected way. Unexpected. There's that word. Not in a castle. But as I said to the children in that very small, uncomfortable place, a lowly major outside of a small village, common folk parents, a miracle witnessed only by a handful of local shepherds, terrified and blown away, uh, and some foreigners who came following a star because they were philosophers and they believed something great was happening. How silently, how silently the wondrous gift was given. Soon after his birth, more singing, Zechariah, Simeon, Anna, the prophetess, 30 years later, as Jesus set out on his ministry, he would bring to meaning, to life, these words. Listen to the nature of his first sermon in his hometown. I have come to proclaim good news to the poor, release to the captives, 
And on a mountainside, Jesus proclaimed, Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, the peacemakers, the merciful, the persecuted, and so on. All these people, downtrodden, will inherit the mercy and life God brings at Christmas. It's their gift too. And Jesus is basically saying, I've come here to turn everything upside down, to bring heavenly gifts to earth in very ordinary wrapping. So ordinary that you might miss it. Is it any wonder that the most precious gems in the life of Christians around the world for centuries have come to us in ordinary wrapping? Ordinary water and some words in an ordinary building, sometimes outdoors, ushering us into eternal life with God. Bread and wine, we're soon to enjoy this gift Jesus gives to the church to nourish us in faith and love and sustain us in hope until we see Jesus face to face. Prayers of ordinary people bringing about miracles. Is it any wonder that our daily life should draw us to those people who are most needy in the world, the hungry? the lonely, the poor, homeless, and there's more of those around these days. Those innocent victims of war, little children, the marginalized, unemployed, those who have no voice of their own, who are too terrified or just unable to speak, who need others to speak up for them. Is it any wonder that the schools of our church, the church congregations and the service organizations in the church always have to meet that challenge that is before them, that challenge to live in that unique tension between success, but also humility and a servant mindset, servant leadership, placing people's needs always before power, prestige, and personal gain. And so in this way, Mary's song really is also our song, brothers and sisters, because the gift given to her, the gift which grew inside her, is also given to us and grows among us as people of God in the world. God has been mindful of us. God has done great things to us. God's mercy extends even to us. So, My dear friends, may God's Holy Spirit this Christmas again revive you and refresh you and inspire you to sing again at Christmas, to sing about that greatest gift ever. To lift up your voices and sing, as that Australian carol goes, for the joy of Christmas, for the encouragement of God's people on earth who are doing it tough these days, uh, for good news shared to the world, and also to the glory of our eternal gracious God. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all human understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus the Saviour. Amen.